everybody, and welcome back to episode two of Podcast on Infinite Earths. My name is Owen. Hey guys, I'm Ethan, and I've had five cups of coffee today. Fair warning. Yeah. All right, so um, episode one went cool. Yeah, we got uh, 35 views on SoundCloud. That's great, considering we did zero advertising for this. Yep. Uh, we'll be trying to get this up onto the Apple Podcast app at some point. We do have to establish an RSS feed, though, to do that. If anybody has an idea how to do that, please email yeah, us. Yeah, we don't know how to do this. Uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's get right to the news. So, um, first off, big thing, Disney bought Fox. Yep, Disney <laughs> has bought Fox. And it's crazy awesome for us comic fans and movie fans and literally everything fans. because. Everything that you can think of that Disney didn't own, Fox basically owned. Yeah. Like, what are you most excited for with this deal? Uh, I would love to say MCU stuff, but, yeah, actually, MCU stuff, now I think. But, like, what specifically? Like, what characters? Fantastic Four and the possibility of an Illuminati movie. Okay, Illuminati would be great. But Universal still has Namor. I feel like they could easily cut him out of Illuminati. Not to mention the fact they could easily buy something from Universal Studios. They definitely could. Well, they still use Hulk and everything, so they might have partial rights to Namor. As long as he's not in his own solo movie. Alright, so I'd say I'm still most excited for Silver Surfer and Galactus. Oh, yeah. I mean, Silver Surfer is easily one of my favorite Marvel characters. Like, I'm not a huge Marvel person. I know way more about DC. But Silver Surfer is great, and Galactus is definitely one of the it, best Marvel villains. It'll be cool to not see a Cloud Galactus in a movie. Definitely. Well, Marvel Studios would do Galactus so well. Like, they've managed to pull off Thanos, who is a strange character at best. Yeah, it's crazy what Marvel has done with some of the weirdest characters. Because yeah, definitely. Fox has struggled to do some of the easiest characters on the screen, and Marvel really has, meanwhile flaunted the fact that they can take something like guardians of the galaxy which is not even b list it's like z list Mm -hmm. and they're able to flaunt the fact that they made a giant summer blockbuster out of it two times now i mean it's great but it is in a way sad that dc can barely do a justice league movie yeah yeah we touched in our last episode can't wait for man of steel 2 oh jeez can they not yeah all right so next bit of news do you want to handle this one? Oh, uh, Stan Lee has turned 95. Happy birthday, Stan Lee. Happy birthday, Stan Lee. I mean, that's about it for that, but... May you be in many more Marvel movies as a cameo. Yeah. Do you think after they finish with kind of the whole Marvel universe that they'll keep doing cameos in different movies? Probably. Because like, they're definitely going to go into more like one-shot movies, I think and they're going to be less of a universe. Actually, according to Kevin Feige, which also a small bit of bonus news, uh, he has now said that they have the next 20 MCU movies planned out. There is that. That is correct. The MCU is probably going to live us out. Do you think he's going to be in still the Fox movies? He's got to be, right? Uh, considering Fox movies are about to become MCU movies. Well, yeah. Has he been in all the Fox movies previously? Yes. Every single Marvel movie, I believe, ever he has been in. Okay. Well, within recent. Everything. I've seen very few of the Fox movies. Uh, I watched the first X-Men one. I got mm-hmm. five minutes into the second one, became disappointed. And one time I was on FX and I accidentally sat through the first half of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Well, you were watching The tr- Gifted, right? I have been. Well, I watched the first two episodes of The Gifted. It wasn't quite my favorite show I've ever seen. Yeah. All right. So um, next up. You can get this part, because I don't know too much about this next bit of news, but it is uh, going to greatly affect the comic yeah, industry. Yeah, uh, Marvel has been cu- um, canceling comics left and right lately. A few weeks back, it was announced that the Guardians of the Galaxy ongoing series by Jerry Duggan was getting canceled uh, in replace of some kind of new Infinity War comics to coincide with the movie release in May. Uh, and now a whole bunch of other comics are getting cut just left and right for no reason, it seems, uh, including a lot of the diversity comics such as America, uh, She-Hulk, Guardians, Gwenpool, Luke Cage, and so very many more. Uh, super disappointing to see Marvel really undoing a lot of stuff they've done in the past couple of years to create mm-hmm. new characters who we haven't really seen before, and usually now in favor of the old characters who they've done before, and... Now, all the most compelling storylines in the past couple of years mm. have been from these newer comics that are a little less known. And 
Well, I think it's definitely a good move to create new comics with more diversity instead of just yeah. like gender swapping an old character or something. Yeah, like characters like America and Gwenpool. Okay, well, well, yeah. Gwenpool is kind of a gender swap. But... I mean, but it's different in a way. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see so many different characters go. Uh, hopefully they'll be getting some kind of new life in a new comic. Maybe this yeah. is just some part of some greater scheme over at Marvel. At least that's what I'm hoping. Kind of sad to see a lot of these go. Hopefully it's not another Marvel reboot. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, this is mostly, well, not mostly, but a big part of this switch in Marvel Comics is because Brian Michael Bendis is officially leaving Marvel in 2018. Yes, he is. Yeah. Really sad. I haven't read too much of his stuff. The stuff that I have read is pretty good, but it does tend to go on for a lot longer than it should. Yeah, that's true. I do feel like he's a little overrated, and mm -hmm. the fact in the past couple of years, Marvel has just given him too much reign with things. Yeah. I, I like Bendis as much as the next guy, but at some point you start to wonder if there's better writers out there, and there definitely are. Mm -hmm. uh, he's now going to DC Comics to have an exclusive series. Hopefully Batman. Because to replace Tom King. Please. Or as his own series. Because they're running a few Batman series right now, and they're going to start at least one or two new ones. Uh, I personally hope he's replacing Tom King. Because I don't like Bendis the most, but he's better than what Tom King has been doing on Batman right now. Okay. Speaking of that, other news. Tom King's Batman series has Batman getting married to Catwoman. How do you feel about that, Owen? That's not gonna last. Yeah, like, I like the move, but I have a feeling this can get retconned. I mean, haven't they done this before? Uh, no. Well, they've had, they haven't had Batman get married at all. Like, I, I know, I know it's not so. to Catwoman, but... Like, I think they've done it small times, but they, it got retconned, like, as soon as it happened. Yeah. And this one looks like it's actually gonna stick. The whole comic series right now is basically just them talking about the fact that Batman's getting married. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with it. He's... I'm fine with it. It's just like, the comic is. It's. I don't think it's gonna change much. Yeah. I mean, Catwoman. Catwoman will probably become a bigger part of the Batman series, but I like. Yeah, that. I know she's been a part of Batman Incorporated for the past few years. Because she doesn't have her own series right now, does she? No, she doesn't. She did in the New Fifty Two, but I don't think they carried that over to. No. Even she was the divergence stuff the or convergence. Yeah. All right. So final bit of news for today. Um, the untitled Hellboy movie has wrapped filming and is now entering the post-production phase. Yep, it definitely is. <sighs> what do you think of the images that they've released on this Hellboy? Uh, I like it, and I definitely see that they're trying to diverge themselves from the old Guillermo del Toro movies. I do think they're trying to do something different, but I don't know if it's working for me. The right hand of doom that they've kind of created for this is a bit blocky for my liking. I, I liked it, actually. I thought it was a lot more Magnolia-esque than mm -hmm. the one we got in the Del Toros. Uh, the one thing I don't like about the whole design so far is Hellboy's overly long hair. Well, here's the thing. In the comics, Hellboy always does have it in kind of like a little man bun kind of thing. Yeah, and I like that. So I feel like they're definitely going to use that in the movies, and that this kind of long, scraggly hair is just for these pictures, and it's not the actual character design. Yeah, that's what I hope, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, the movie looks like it's going to be great. Yeah. Still wishing they'd done a Hellboy 3, but oh well. Yeah. Well, that's all for news, and now we're moving to our next topic for the week. Uh, we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. Yeah. So, do you want to get the ratings right out of the way? Sure. What do you give it? I'd give it a five star, man. I'm, I really liked Last Jedi. When I first walked out of the theater, I would have given it a sort of, at least a three. I wasn't quite sure. I had to think about what I felt because mm -hmm. it was just so different from what I've seen so far. But honestly, I have to give it a five star too. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, a lot of spoilers for The Last Jedi coming up. Uh, we'll try to put a timestamp or something in the description for this podcast to tell you when you can skip to. Because we are going to go like heavily into spoilers for some of the major plot points of this movie. So, um... We'll just do one thing before spoilers. Han Solo is dead. Done. Yeah, hopefully you knew that by now. Yeah. So I just have a few bullet points written down. We're not gonna go, as I said, too heavy into the plot. Um, just talk about some things that we liked. So first of all, did you like how they kind of build up Rey as more of a gray Jedi than the typical Jedis that we've seen in the movies so far? Yeah, uh, on top of that even, I love the fact that Rey is finally her own character. 
Yeah. Ever since the first trailer came out for The Last Jedi, everybody was having some kind of theory about Rey. How about how she was Luke's daughter, she was Han Solo and Princess Leia's daughter, that she was Obi-Wan's granddaughter, that she was Jar Jar Banks in disguise. Yeah, I've heard it all. But I'm really happy that finally in The Last Jedi they give us a definitive answer that she's nobody. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a really good move, too. I thought that they were definitely building to that. Like, there were so many theories surrounding her origin that it only felt right that she wouldn't have been anyone. Yeah. I, I really like the fact that finally she's her own character. Yeah. Because you gotta remember, in episode four, uh, when we first meet Luke, he's a nobody farmer. Mm-hmm. His dad, we know, was a Jedi, and that's all we know. Yeah. And he has to, but he has to fight for his own name. The Skywalker name doesn't carry any weight to him. Well, it didn't until maybe Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and then after Return of the Jedi, George Lucas kind of ran with the idea that everybody was related in some big way, and everything had to have been because of Anakin, which was awful. I, I mean, it was like, it makes sense in that story, but the fact that Luke was no longer just an anybody who decided to be a hero one day because he watched a 90-second video of his sister and decided she was hot... Now he was a guy whose destiny was predetermined by his dad being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of going off of that, in more the second half of this movie, Luke's lightsaber is destroyed. Now this was like a major yes. plot point of all of these movies. The Skywalker lightsaber was in, was it in every Star Wars movie? Like not counting Rogue uh, One and everything. It was not in Episode 1 and Episode 2. Okay. Well, Yeah. It wasn't, built, it wasn't built until after. Probably should have known that. Um, but it was destroyed. Now, she still has the kyber crystal that was in it, so she could, like, create a lightsaber around that. But when Jedi build their lightsabers, they don't really choose the color. The color kind of, like, chooses them. It's like a whole thing and everything. What color do you think Grey's lightsaber is going to be in the next movie? Uh, I don't know. The thing that would be on par with Return of the Jedi and on par with literally every other Star Wars movie so far because when a Jedi first starts off as a Padawan and Apprentice, their lightsaber is most likely always going to be blue, mm-hmm. because the fact that it is the most stable, and it means they're weakest in the Force. But once you get up to a green, you're more likely to be a Jedi Centennial, which we're getting some crazy extended universe stuff right here. And the, yeah. this is all stretched, because it's barely even canon anymore, if it's canon at all. They have brought some of this new lightsaber stuff into canon. So. Yes, but uh, if it was green, it would mean she's much more powerful Force user and much more ready to fight the threat that is Kylo Ren. And considering the fact that it's looking like Star Wars is prepping for a massive jump in time, it looks like maybe like a couple of years, actually, when the next movie comes out, whereas... Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi was like maybe a month at most. Yeah. It would make sense if she had a green lightsaber to Well, they could go kind of the way that they did with Ahsoka, and who is also a gray Jedi, and give Mm -hmm. her a kind of more obscure color, like white. I, okay, personally, like, while I think green is the most likely, other other than maybe blue, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, actually red possibly too, because that would be cool if she, like, somehow picked up someone else's lightsaber. That would be cool. That would be cool. And I would love to see a Jedi using a red lightsaber, but I don't think it's going to happen. My thing I really want to see is her picking up a yellow lightsaber. A yellow lightsaber would be cool. I think one that would be like would be really cool, like the yellow lightsaber, but one that's a bit more likely is a purple one. The only character that we've seen with a purple lightsaber is Mace Windu. And there's no reason for it other than... There is no reason. <laughs> as uh, in the immortal words of Samuel Jackson, purple is bitchin'. Yep. But I think it would be really cool. Like, it kind of expand the continuity of this and show that Mace Windu wasn't the only Jedi to have a purple lightsaber. Yeah. Like, because in the expanded universe, other characters did. Earth Revan always had either a purple lightsaber or a red lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So that'd be kind of cool. I'd like that. Um, other things kind of going off of lightsabers. What, what do you think the origin of Kylo Ren's lightsaber is? Because there are a few ideas. So... It's been explained that his lightsaber, his kyber crystal in the lightsaber is cracked, and that's why it's all kind of like flamey and stuff, and that's why he needs those that kind of cross guard thing on his hilt. But, as I've said in the previous episode, Sith steal their kyber crystals from Jedi. So do you think that he stole this from a Jedi, and like who specifically? Uh, I'm not exactly positive. I know you have a theory on this. So. I do have a theory. I'll do that now. I think that... His kyber crystal came from Luke's green lightsaber. Because you see Luke's green lightsaber when he confronts Ben Solo in 
like this kind of flashback scene, but after that you don't see it. So I believe that he might have stolen Luke's green lightsaber, and when he tried to kind of corrupt it or something, it cracked it, and that's kind of why he's his lightsaber is the way it is. Yeah, that that would actually be a fairly likely thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, even more likely than that though is that I, this is a very common theory is the mm -hmm. fact that after Luke burned Vader's body on Endor in Episode Six. Uh, the lightsaber, and along with everything else of Darth Vader's, was left there. It it's more than likely that at some point Kylo Ren might have went back and just taken. Well, his... that would also explain why he has Vader's helmet in Force Awakens. Yeah, it would also explain why his kyber crystal is fractured because that amount of heat would probably break yeah. anything. All right. So, another thing on the Sith, in the Star Wars Rebel show, and in Revenge of the Sith, they make a big deal of when. Jedi becomes Sith, their eyes make a very distinct change in color. They either change to a shade of red or a shade of yellow. And they've shown this in, like, multiple scenes. They do, like, a close-up of Anakin's face in Rebels and in Revenge of the Sith, where it shows his yellow eyes. But Snoke's eyes in The Last Jedi are bright blue. Yes. This was something that I noticed, and I don't know how many other people have picked up on this, because it is a bit, like, of a strange Easter egg, but I don't know if it has any significance or not. Yeah, uh, I'm not exactly positive, because I, I honestly have no idea. Um, I don't think he was really a Sith, for sure, because... He was definitely a dark side user. Yeah. He, you saw him use the Force Lightning and everything. Yeah, at the, well, I mean, at the very least, he was a Force user. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not it was the dark side or the light side, likely dark. Very likely dark. Yeah. But, well, he uh, was training Kylo Ren. Yeah. But, I don't know. Uh, it's very possible he also might be more of a, a chaotic neutral. Yeah. Which used... But well, that's kind of power. what um, Kylo Ren is yeah. doing. He's less of Kylo a... Ren's eyes are not yellow yeah. either. Which also might confirm the fact that his soul is still able to be saved. And yeah. that even though he now took over the First Order, which, spoiler... He did kill his father and also some of those Jedi younglings, though. And but Snoke. I mean, Anakin did that also. Yeah. Also, are they doing away with the rule of two now? Because there is no Jedi to replace Snoke now that Snoke has died, which, as anyone who's seen the movie now has um, understood, Snoke dies. And it's at Kylo Ren's hand while saving Rey, which is crazy because him and Rey end the movie Mortal Enemies. Yeah. Well, the rule of two has always been kind of like a thing that they've never completely stuck with. Like, in the Clone Wars kind of show, it's explained that, well... Darth Sidious has a Padawan, and it's kind of Count Dooku, right? Yeah. But then Count Dooku also has a Padawan, like Asajj Ventress and stuff. And he's also training General Grievous. So the real but General Grievous... Well, General Grievous force. was more of a Jedi killer instead of yeah, a he wasn't Sith. A force, he wasn't a Force user at all. But they never really stick to the rule of two. No, they don't. So, a few other things for Last Jedi that we're just going to kind of try to speed through. Um, first off, Leia's use of the Force. Yes, I love this. Okay. I did too. So, the one thing that everybody will always bring up is a terrible part of episode one was midichlorians. Because mm -hmm. before that, everybody was able to use the Force. Everyone was Force-sensitive in some way. Mm -hmm. If you followed the Jedi religion, which is what it was at the time, and apparently now is again, you could be a Jedi, and you could use the Force, and you could do all kinds of fun, cool stuff. But... It was then retconned that only those who were born as Force users could use the Force. And seeing Leia use the Force is really cool because it either A, means that she is able to use the Force and everybody else is now too, which retcons episode one, which, yes! I don't hate the prequels, I just strongly dislike them. Hmm. Uh, or it also means that Leia was the stronger Jedi the whole time, which would be super cool. Well, that's actually a point that I wanted to make. In a recent Star Wars story, it's actually explained that Yoda wanted to train Leia instead of Luke. Yes. So it implies that she is, well, if she was trained, she would have become a much more powerful Jedi than Luke ever was, which I think is really cool. Some people might not like it, but personally, I did. I actually liked it a lot. I... Personally, just gonna say a thing here. I'm happy that Leia lived through the whole movie. Sad about the fact they're gonna have to kill her off in episode nine they positively will. now because they're promising not use any CGI. They only used unused footage. Uh, well, Tarkin in Rogue One didn't go great, so yeah. 
Uh, so outside of that, but uh, I felt slightly robbed of my emotions when I thought Leia was gonna die. I was I was ready to cry and go, oh no, my childhood. I and mean, it was a good lived. twist that she lived because it doesn't. Yeah, it definitely wasn't something it. that I expected. Not at all. I don't think a single person in that theater expected it. Mm-hmm. The, the like the whole room went silent. There wasn't even a baby slightly crying in the back of the room. Everybody was quiet as they watched Leia die. Yeah, and there was gasps for a second, and then she lives. And there were more gasps and a lot of what? Yeah, coming from the back. Well, something that I've heard is that this scene where she kind of like pulls herself out of this vacuum of space and onto her spaceship. It's very Mary Poppins-esque. Yeah. And that's something people didn't like. And I get that. The scene was done in kind of a weird way. But I think the point that they're trying to make is definitely a good one. Yeah. I actually liked how uh, fantastical it was. Yeah. Because we got to remember, episode one's two, episodes 1, 2, and 3 were very serious. Except for Jar Jar. Yeah. Uh, everything was very serious and everything was very explained. Nothing was left to the imagination. And then, mm-hmm. but episodes four, five, and six, which of course were the originals, and everybody says those are the best. Yeah. Uh, those ones, of course, every nothing was really explained. And George Lucas and everyone else on the Star Wars team just did things as they felt, and it was great, and it worked for everybody. Yeah. And now that they're doing that again, I personally really like it. Mm-hmm. So another thing I want to touch on, um, Luke's death at the end of the movie. Did you like it? Okay. I mean, I so, don't want to say that you like liked Luke's death, but did you like how they the did The way it? they did it was a little bit... Well, nah, I'm okay. currently shrugging very much. Uh, I don't know how I really felt about the way he died. I'm okay with the fact that he died. I think it brings a lot of things full circle. The fact that this, mm-hmm. the with the Skywalker lightsaber being destroyed... The idea of the Skywalker legacy being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. I mean, personally, I really liked it. And just because of one part of his death, the twin sons. That, oh, yeah. That, that was perfect. Like, the first... we, if they didn't have that, I wouldn't have liked the scene so much. But just because they included that one part, it really made it for me. Yeah. I also like the fact that he didn't just, like, collapse over dead. I liked the yeah. drop of the cloak. Well, he kind of had that Yoda-style death. Oh, no, dude, that was more of a Ben Kenobi-style death. Well, Ben's kind of, Ben Kenobi was more sudden. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't really see that one coming. You thought he would kind of live through that battle. Mm-hmm. But if you watch this scene, you could kind of see where it was going. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing, kind of touching on original trilogy characters, Yoda's appearance. Okay, when it first started, I did not like it. Yeah, no, was, the, the was... first time that they show Yoda, he was very obviously kind of, like, weird CGI, the way that they just had him glowing and everything. Yeah, and then it slowly eased itself back into it Puppet Yoda. Yeah. And it was it was good at that point, and actually at that point I was enjoying it. I was like, yeah, Yoda, you know, this is awesome. It's, like, classic, like, senile weirdo Yoda. Well, that was my favorite part. They didn't go with the kind of jedi master that they had for the prequel they went with the senile old man living in a swamp that was in the original trilogy and that's why yoda is such a good character because you know that he is this very powerful jedi but you'd never kind of guess just by looking at him you look at him and you go dude wait what are you doing here i don't know Mm -hmm. well definitely something that i think with this it would have been better with obi-wan kenobi if they had alec guinness but that's obviously not going to happen. Yeah, that that's like on Grand Moff Tarkin level of you shouldn't do that. Yeah, no. The scene would have worked better because I feel that um, Obi-Wan Kenobi was more of a mentor to Luke than Yoda was. Because Obi-Wan was the one that kind of guided him from the first movie. And even after his death, while Yoda did train him, it was kind of like Obi-Wan that introduced him to the Force and the one that kind of set his path as a Jedi. Yeah, but I think it was also fitting that it was Yoda, because yeah. this was the parallels Episode 5, even though it was not very much like Episode 5. Mm-hmm. But it was fitting for Yoda to be the one who's helping Luke cope with the fact that he's in his own self-imposed exile also. Yeah. Did you like how it was kind of explained that Luke had kind of cut himself off from the Force? Yeah. Yeah, like that was cool. He... And then he finally decided to come back in full swing. And mm-hmm. another point of The Last Jedi, new force powers. Being able to link minds Definitely. and be able to force teleport yourself, but not really. Well, the linking of minds has always been kind of a hinted at thing. Like, when in the first trench run in A New Hope, you see 
the ghost of Obi-Wan kind of talking to Luke. Yeah. And I know that is kind of like a more ghostish power, but it's still kind of like a linking thing. Yeah, it wasn't quite like Snoke going, hey guys, uh, only reason you guys keep on seeing each other when you're shirtless for some weird reason is because I linked your brains. It was, that was always more of a mystical Obi-Wan being a good yeah. mentor. Oh, one part that I really did like is they expanded on the lore of Force Ghosts without yeah. really trying to. The one scene where Yoda and Luke are standing near the big ancient Jedi tree, Yoda uses his kind of ghost force powers to like actually summon lightning, which I thought was really cool because it's always been implied that Force Ghosts have force powers, but you never really see it. So this mm -hmm. is the first time that you see a Force Ghost do something very dramatic. And I thought it was run really well. Yeah. Uh, another thing about that fire. Do you think it's pop? Did you see the books at the end of the movie in Han's drawer on the yes. Millennium Falcon? Oh, sorry. I guess Ray and Chewie's drawer on the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a couple different ways this could have gotten there. There's either A, Han was a hoarder and somehow had extra copies. Uh, B, Yoda somehow transported them there. Or C, the most likely one, which is the fact that Ray had already stolen them from the tree. Well... You hear Yoda say that Rey has everything she needs, yeah. so it's implied that Rey probably just took them. Yeah, and I like the fact that Yoda would know that those books were just going to get destroyed. And it's really awesome, the fact that he just burns them down. Yeah. Also, well, the bit of humor with, well, did you ever read them? And Luke yeah. like, oh, well, uh, you, you see, I was planning on it someday. I mean, that is classic Yoda, just messing with Luke. Yeah. That's what I loved. So th that's about all I have on The Last Jedi. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, nope. It was a good movie. It was really good. Definitely suggest it. Okay, so uh, next up we're going to move into our next segment, um, where I'm going to review a indie movie, and Ethan's going to talk about an indie band. Yep. So first off, I'm going to tell you guys about The Shape of Water. It's a recent Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, I don't want to go too much into the plot, because if you watch a trailer for this movie, you'll understand the plot entirely. There's no big twists or anything. It's just a good movie to watch. Like, don't don't take small children to this movie. Definitely not. Um, but I'd give it a three star. It's good. One weird thing, though, I definitely think that this is an Abe Sapien movie. Because, first of all, Guillermo del Toro directed these brilliant... Uh, Hellboy movies. Yes, very comic accurate. Well, yeah. For the most part. And also, so the sea monster kind of guy in The Shape of Water has a striking resemblance to Abe Sabian in those movies. And also something that I recently learned that I didn't know going into this movie, Doug Jones plays both Abe Sabian and this amphibian man. Hmm. Interesting. It is Abe Sabian. <laughs> it is just an Abe Sabian movie. Okay. So that's good. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it. Go see Shape of Water, or don't. Okay, so uh, for the indie band review, uh, we're actually going to do something a little different this week, because as you guys may know, this will likely be up on SoundCloud as of G December 31st. That's the yep. day it would be, right? Okay, I'm not really good with my calendar days. Okay, yeah, December well, it's currently 31st. the 30th when we're recording this. Okay, rad. Uh, so I'm going to do the my top 10 favorite albums of the year. Uh this is not going to be in order because I didn't care enough to have to make myself decide between some of my favorite bands. Uh, so I'm just going to give the uh, name of the album, maybe a quick review on it, and my actual star rating on it. So uh, first one I'm going to say is Mass Seduction by St. Vincent. Excellent album. Beautifully written. I bought it on vinyl. I like it so much. Well, actually, someone else bought it for me on vinyl. Uh, that means I really like it. Uh... <laughs> In case you didn't know, uh, it's well. You have to really like that one to go into a store and buy that. Yeah, just because of the album cover. Yeah, my girlfriend actually bought it for me, which she gave mm. it to me for Christmas, and I was like, "Wow!" And I was like, "Please tell me you ordered this on Amazon." She's like, "No, I, I bought it at Barnes and Noble." And I was like, "I'm sorry." And she's like, "Why?" And I was like, "Cause you had to walk up to the cashier with that." And she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I just held it upside down so you didn't see the album cover." If yeah. you haven't seen the album cover for Mass Seduction, it is a big pink album cover with a butt on it mm -hmm. because the whole album was actually Great album. yeah it was actually andy clark's uh commentary on the 
so the social injustices of women in the music company in the in music industry and the fact that everything is way over sexualized so she decided that she was going to make an album be super successful by over sexualizing it yeah well definitely good we saw this one in concert yeah, so it was a wonderful performance yeah okay so i give that one a five star review uh next is hot thoughts by spoon also an excellent album uh not really a bad song on there uh there's a couple that are kind of weird but that's because it's spoon and you have to expect that i'm giving that one a four star review uh next is easily my favorite if not second favorite album of the year behind mass seduction is pure comedy by father john misty uh wonderful album it kind of makes you feel bad for listening to it because it makes you feel like a bad person and it makes you feel like society is falling apart. But that's because Joshua Tillman is an excellent artist and he knows exactly what to say. Uh, he leaves nothing untouched in that album. He goes on organized religion. He goes on everything. Uh, President Trump especially. Uh, but How could you resist? <laughs> I know, right? It's 2017, man. Uh, and he hits everything. And it sounds like this album should be something like a punk album because of the lyrics, if you just read them. But it is a beautifully crafted, sort of folksy kind of... I don't know, I'm trying to think about how to describe it. Uh, basically, it sounds... Ah, oh, jeez, this is hard to explain. It's very pleasant sounding. For what it is it's very pleasant one of the songs is like one of the calmest songs of 2017 and it is very 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 politically fueled okay five stars next comes a favorite that i didn't expect to be a favorite in any way shape and or form uh awaken my love by childish gambino i don't like rap music i like very much at all uh and Better than country it's way better than country. I will Okay, anything is better than country music. I will listen to rap music over country any day. Okay. If actually I can't even say I don't like rap. If you're listening are... to our podcast and you like country music, you shouldn't. It, it's not good. Yeah. Please. Uh, do yourself a favor. We're, we're sorry, but it's not. Do everyone a favor. It's that that should not be a thing. Rap music, I oh, on occasion I can listen to it and like it, and then there's a lot of ch- occasions where I cannot. Yeah. Uh but Awaken My Love is by a rap artist, Childish Gambino, uh, Donald Glover, going to be playing Lando Carizian in the Han Solo movie. Um, mm. This album was not his MO at all. Uh, in fact, it was a R&B soul album, and it was wonderful. I first heard it at Marching Man one day because someone was just randomly listening to music and they turned this on and i was like what is this and they're like childish gambino and i was like no it's not and they're like yes it is and that song that i heard me and your mama is honestly one of my favorite songs of 2017 uh great album not really a bad song on it I w- there's a couple that are kind of eh and a little bit too much like the other ones but other than that it gets a four-star review uh next is sleep well beast by the national one of my most anticipated albums of the year expertly written uh, it's the national uh, you can't go wrong they have a couple actually upbeat songs which if you know anything about the national that is not normal giving that one a four star review uh, then there's colors by Beck wonderful album of course it's Beck you can't dislike Beck there's no such thing as a bad Beck song I mean there are weird ones in fact um, um, colors wow is probably the best song and that is also the weirdest definitely song. the best one uh, four stars I mean, uh, a lot of these actually, they sound a bit like where it's at. Like, they, they kind of have that yeah. weird feel where they the song tangents into what seems like almost an entirely different song, and then it kind of ties it back to the beginning again. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's Beck, essentially. <laughs> he doesn't do anything the same ever. Uh, next, I'm going to say Everything Now by Arcade Fire. Uh, I've really only listened to probably about half of this album, but every song on it that I've listened to, I really liked. Uh, four stars. Also, let's just be known, I'm not the biggest Arcade Fire fan. For me to put this on my top 10 albums of 2017 list is actually a big deal. Uh, next, I'm going to say Rocket by Alex Sandy G. Uh, very good album. Very well written also. It, what's really crazy about this album is the fact that um, Alex Sandy G recorded everything on GarageBand, which is the same application we used for recording this podcast. And then he just sent this someone to mix it. So it's really cool. Very DIY. 
and it but it doesn't sound like it it sounds like a big studio kind of sound so four stars for that one uh next is hug of thunder by broken social scene awesome album so many good songs on it you can easily tell that there's 13 people in this band four stars uh my last one is freaked out american loser by juice box and that's juice box with three x's uh this album is actually from a milwaukee artist uh, that's where we're from and it is awesome it is somewhere between i don't know uh the clash and beastie boys and just a little bit of everything it's like a very diy sort of rock sound but with hip-hop undertones it's it sounds like it shouldn't work but it does very well um and then we're also going to give one audible mention uh just because the album art is amazing but the music itself is kind of eh. I mean, I like the music, the but music it's a lot of the good. same stuff. It's 20 songs, and every song sounds the same. Yeah. And there's just ones that are just... I mean, they're all, they're all good. They're, yeah, but, they're, they're bad. I mean, listen to them if you want to, but... But just listen to the first song, you, know, you got the idea. Yeah. Uh, we're giving it to Drunk by Thundercat. We cannot explain how amazing this album cover is, so please look that up. It's Drunk by Thundercat. Okay. Cool. Alright, uh, now we're going to go into our comic picks for this week, where Ethan and I will each do a quick review of a comic that we've been reading. Okay, uh, I'll go first with Doom Patrol by Gerard Way. Uh, they just got into issue, I believe, number 9 a couple weeks ago. Uh, that comic has been going full steam ahead. Every issue is amazing. When I first got it, it was kind of on a limb because I liked the cover of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a rip on the classic... On Velvet Underground and Nico, Andy Warhol album cover from 1960s, and it was a euro on the cover that said "Peel to Reveal the Universe," and you peel it back, and it's the universe. It's just like the Andy Warhol album where you peel it to reveal the banana. Uh, so it's it was really cool, and it was I, I got it for the album cover, and then I was thinking, okay, well the comic's okay, the comic's okay, but I'm not I wasn't expecting too much, and I read it and I instantly fell in love with the characters in the comic, and you always felt like you were missing something unless you read like the old comics, but it would always explain what you were missing again in a couple seconds, so mm-hmm. it was always great, and the newest issues are awesome and so weird, but a good weird. But weird, like, having a sex scene with a cat. Uh, they yeah. don't show it in the comic, but it's implied, so... Heavily implied. Uh, yeah. You should read that comic. It's really good. The first collected edition, uh, I believe it's called Brick by Brick, Yes. Uh, is out now uh, at bookstores everywhere, especially Barnes & Noble. Yeah. All right, so um, recently I reread this comic. It's not a new comic, but... It's definitely a good one. This came out in August of 2016, and it's part of the Dark Knight Returns universe. It's called The Last Crusade. It's done by Frank Miller, um, illustrated by John Romita Jr., who's one of my favorite artists. If you don't know his work, look it up. It's kind of strange, and it takes some getting used to, but I quite like it. Now, this comic is kind of the explanation for why Batman retired in the famous Dark Knight Returns universe. And it details the relationship between Batman and Jason Todd Robin, who in this comic is quite violent. And I don't want to spoil too much, but obviously Jason Todd does die in this comic. But it's done in quite a creative way that they didn't go with in the mainstream DC universe. And which I think Miller really did a good job of kind of changing for this universe that he's created. And so, I don't know. Four stars. It's not the best comic that I've read, but it's definitely worth a read if you like Miller's work. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, now we're going to go into one of our favorite segments. Uh, In this segment, we review a 90s comic. We give ourselves five minutes to read this comic from the wonderful era that is the 90s. Uh, If you don't know anything about this, uh, the 90s was when the comic industry collapsed and was soon revived by the comic book movie industry. Uh, we are setting a timer to five minutes to limit our suffering and to maximize your enjoyment. So here we go, reading a whole comic in five minutes. All right, we're going to start right now. Okay, so this is Adventures of Superman number 500. This is supposedly when Superman comes back from the dead after being killed by Doomsday. 
if you know anything about the return of the Superman storyline, he does not come back. Yep. Not for a good year and a half. Okay, so first panel, it's like a dude with a flannel shirt holding probably Superman's hand. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And then okay. this weird kind of uh, light thing. Oh, also, an ad for the Coneheads. Oh, Coneheads. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah, that's dated. Okay, uh, that guy's getting... It's Jonathan CPR. Kent. He's in the hospital. Oh, Jonathan Kent had a heart attack. Yeah, he's, great. And now he's trying to rip Superman's suit off or yeah. something. No, well, but it's not him. He's dead. Yeah, he's kind of like in this bright cloud thing. I actually do quite like the art in this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's de- oh, it's wait, heavily no, implied that bad. he's reaching for Superman. Oh God, uh, that guy's death. There's a shadowy figure wearing a big hood. Definitely death. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, death. Jonathan Kent's like flying really fast. He's saying, "No, I'm not letting go." Uh, okay. Just, just do it. Uh, never let go, Jack. Okay. Yep. Uh, now we are seeing Martha Kent. Martha. Uh, just trying to cling on to life. Oh, there's Whoa. a guy with a big no fist sign on his chest. Yeah, is this that? is no punch man. That's not his name. Don't don't quote me on that. I don't know who he is. He has nunchucks though. Oh, that's cool. You can't punch, but you can definitely hit someone. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, he just smacked a homeless man with his nunchucks. Oh no, wait, he might not be homeless. Look at the tie. That tie's a little too sophisticated to be homeless. I don't know. What if he's just a classy homeless? Oh man? look, he's being shot at by the cops. Police he got brutality. shot once in the arm. Ooh. Ooh, what the? All right. Oh, he, he punched somebody. He's oh, breaking okay. his it's one rule. No okay. punching. Dude, okay. No, this is totally justified. I hope he gets arrested. Oh, nope. And he jumps into the water. Okay. Is this guy a villain or a hero? I can't I tell. I don't know. Oh, we're back to the dream scene. Wait, okay. okay um, so Jonathan John- Kent, he's in a war. Is that World War One or World War II? Oh, no. I it's just, it's I just a guessed, war. I would have guessed Vietnam. It's Vietnam. He's yeah, burning oh, yeah, a village. He's burning down a village. Okay. Oh, okay. I know great, this is, great guy, uh, Jonathan Kent. Just I didn't know burning this down the villages of innocence. Okay, okay, uh, there's... Oh, someone's been slapped in the butt and has yeah. said, oh, okay, it's the 90s and she can't say anything about sex and she should be able to report sexual assault. Okay. Okay, and now she's crying. Oh, wait, there's a very mustachioed man. He's oh, got a no. very squat face. Dude, he looks like Mario. He's like angry Mario. He looks more like Wario than Mario. Mm. Okay, he's in prison, by the way. Um, oh, he's dumping, that... like, water on... A box of some kind? I don't know. This is really weird. Wait, is that is that Jimmy Olsen? That is Jimmy Olsen. Why is he in, well, he's not doing anything. He was in okay. one panel and now he's gone. Okay, oh, we're back to Vietnam. Uh, okay. Uh, Vietnam, uh, what's going on? Oh, wait, God. there's a gorilla demon oh, sitting on a pile of skulls human who skulls. now has Jonathan Kent somehow. This, this looks terrible. Oh, Jonathan okay. Kent is flying through space. Yay. All right, this makes so much sense. Okay, Jonathan Kent is now on top of someone who kind of looks like Ion from Green Lantern Comics, also from yeah. the 90s. Maybe we'll review one of those someday. For Let's anybody listening down. to this, um, it may sound like we're reading this like very nonsensically, but this is how the comic actually goes. Oh, uh, we're sorry. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's now okay. hanging out with some knights and wearing a bib? This That's... is Superman, not Jonathan Kent. He doesn't want to get that lobster butter all over his suit. You know yeah. that, that jo- suit Jonathan costs... Kent is hanging out in the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz. Ooh, I love no the joke. There is a green city that he is sitting in. Hey, we gotta remember though, Superman's suit is expensive to dry clean. We just mm-hmm. keep everything off of it. Uh, okay. He Superman's now being carried by guys. I think they're carrying him on a spit to roast him or something. Maybe I don't know. Oh, oh, death is back, guys. Oh no, now there's multiple deaths. Oh no, Punch Man. He just crawled out of the river and stole another homeless man's. Oh, and that drink. homeless man has beer in his pocket. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. No, now he doesn't. This dude is just like. Declaring a war on the homeless. Oh no, we have fifty six seconds. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, Superman punches things. Uh, Superman um, punches punched more the robot. Things. There's uh, a black hole, and Jonathan, Jonathan Kent just flew through it. Jonathan Kent is holding glasses, but he's also wearing glasses. Yep, uh, double glasses. Superman's holding Jonathan Kent, and he's wearing his Vietnam uniform. Will they come back uh, from the dead? Superman flies Probably past not. an airplane. Oop, Jonathan uh, Kent's alive again. This is happen. not in the dream. Oh no, they're watching TV. Uh, okay. There's this empty. Superman's suitcase. grave is empty. Oh no. There's uh, a guy with a gun. Oh, that lady is A lady with a smoke. huge fur coat. It looks like a mushroom. Um, a guy uh, standing in some geez. rubble. This is classic Superman right here. Okay. Ooh, there's the man of... Last son, last son of Krypton. Krypton. This is a man of tomorrow. Ooh, no. Here's Shout out to Reign of the Superman. Oh, hey, there's Superboy. Oh, Everybody look. loves him. And man of tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, God. So this comic ends with the cyborg Superman and not actually Superman. So on the cover it's... when it says back from the dead... 
No. He's not. No, he's replaced a five Superman. Yeah. Who are all not Superman. Yeah. And they're all equally terrible. Nobody should ever read the Reign of the Superman series. One out of five stars. Really? Yeah. That's a high rating. I know. I'm being generous here. All right. So, I think that's about it for this segment. Okay. Unless you want to read another comic. Oh, no. Let's please not. Yeah, no. All right, so next up we're going to do a rant of the week where one of us will have five minutes to discuss something that, like, greatly annoys us about the comic book or movie or just any industry in general or just anything. All right, I'm going to set a timer. And, Ethan, you're doing our rant this week? Yes, I am. All right, let's start now. Okay, feel free to join in at any time. But Star Wars fans complaining about Star Wars. Now, I'm not going to limit... I'm limiting this to new movies because the prequels you're allowed to complain about because they were bad. But I'm talking about Star Wars fans saying that The Force Awakens was too much like Episode 4 to like it and now saying that Episode 8 is too little like Episode 5 to like it. What the heck, guys? Seriously. Okay, quick point. Um, Last Jedi has the lowest like viewer rating out of any Star Wars movie, including last, the prequels. Last I checked, it was at 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, which mm-hmm. is funny because also the highest critic review so far on Rotten Tomatoes for a Star Wars movie. Actually, it's just under Empire Strikes Back. Oh, it is now. Okay. Uh, excellent movie, as you might have heard earlier on a podcast, but people are saying all kinds of terrible things about it. They didn't like the fact that Snoke dies and we didn't get to hear what Snoke was. Spoiler, Snoke dies. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. You see, if Snoke dies and... Okay, Cool. In episode 6, we didn't get to know anything about the Emperor when he died, and yet nobody cared until the prequels came out, in which case we found out what, who he was. But the Snoke, he dies, and we're all t- overly treated to the fact of getting to know who Palpatine was, and now we're all like, ooh, Snoke died, but we didn't get to find anything else about him. Ooh, I don't like this movie. No, you can still like the movie because you can find something small and minor out. Like, does it really matter if we know who Snoke is? No, it really doesn't. Another thing. People who hate on the movies because of the female lead. Okay, Rey is amazing. I, when I was younger, I had Luke to look up to. I could run around the house carrying a lightsaber and saying, I'm Luke Skywalker, look at me. And that was awesome. It was Mm -hmm. fun. It was great for me. And my sister could run around the house saying, hey, I'm Princess Leia, but she didn't get to carry a lightsaber. Yeah. And now I get to look at my uh, little cousin Piper, who's five years old, and I just bought her her first lightsaber for Christmas. Yeah. And... She loves it, and she, apparently, when she went to go see episode 8 with her mom, uh, she went dressed as Rey. Yeah. That's the best thing ever. I mean, diversity is a good thing for these movies. Yeah, like, it's cool to know that not only are little boys can get to run around acting like whoever, whatever their favorite character is in the movie, but girls can too. And, like, it's not that girls already weren't able to do that, but it's just, (laughs) I know, like, when you're a little kid, you feel a little discluded if you don't have someone representing you in a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of these 50-year-old neckbeards sitting in their mother's basements covered in Cheeto dust and Mountain Dew stains who are sitting on Reddit blasting off about how they hate the movie because of the fact that it's not led by a male and the fact that they killed off Luke Skywalker, you literally have no reason to be on there. Like, you have your movies that have your lead that you liked. Mm -hmm. Can't you leave these ones to someone else and let someone enjoy them? Because unfortunately, these guys have the loudest voices and that's all you ever hear. It's all, that's why we have a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not because of the reasonable people out there. No, they're the ones who go and leave reviews on sites. They just watch the movie and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And the fact... I, I get that these guys are pissed in the fact that they think that because the past couple of Star Wars movies and video games, oh wait, everything lately, has been female-led. I think it's awesome, actually. Yeah. Like, can you name... Your favorite female Jedi from the prequel movies? Um, exactly. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, that lady that did the thing and then yeah. died in Order 66. Yeah, and now, no. if you ask me what my favorite Star Wars characters are, it would go probably R2-D2, Poe Dameron, Rey. Yeah. R2-D2 is a special place. I mean, heart. and seriously, Finn... I didn't care for him too much in Force Awakens. I liked him, but I didn't think he needed yeah. to be the lead. But in The Last Jedi, with him as a secondary character and putting Rey more in the spotlight, he was way better. Like, mm-hmm. I love Finn in this new movie. Yeah. And I was so sad when I thought he was going to die. I know. And, oh, speaking of that, going on a small tangent here, because the rant's basically over at this point, because, like, we already got the idea. Okay? Mm-hmm. Rose is amazing. 
Rose is awesome. Like, like I thought she worked so well with Finn. That yeah. was perfect. And the idea that there's finally a, a character in there to balance out the insanity that is a lot of the main characters at times. Because we gotta remember, like, Ray acts on her instincts right away. Mm-hmm. Poe does everything he feels like ever. Finn is kind of fast to act on what he does. But there's never a character, there's never been a character ever in Star Wars who actually thinks about what could Besides happen. Besides Ben Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. There's not no, Obi Wan Kenobi. Ben, ben Kenobi. Yeah, whoever thinks about what could happen from what his actions are, and like actually does something about it. Rose, for once, actually acted on someone else's bad actions and said, "Dude, don't do that, and let's do this instead." Because mm-hmm. Finn was going to die, and Rose saved him. And Rose is an amazing character, and she finally actually brings some good parts to the Star Wars movie that is usually. Okay, actually, Star Wars movies are always awesome, but they bring some. Yeah. She brings in a new area that we don't usually get to see. Yeah, I mean, I really liked Rose. I thought that she was a not necessarily the most important part of the movie, but definitely one that yeah highly improved it. Brings some emotion to the movie. Yeah, it made it more relatable to regular mm-hmm. people. Like, yeah, she was one character that wasn't super into the universe. Like. Even with Finn, who's kind of like a normal character, he used to be a stormtrooper. It's hard to relate to that. Mm. But with her, she's just kind of a normal person. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, Anything else for the rant, then? Nope. Pretty much wrapped it up. If you didn't like The Last Jedi, close your mouth about it. Yeah. And make sure it was it's a actually good Star Wars about Bible movie. reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if you didn't like The Last Jedi. We're not hating on people if you didn't like it. But There's... if you don't like it because it's diverse, that's stupid. Yeah, we're saying that if you didn't like the movie because Ray, you're stupid. Yeah. If you didn't like the movie because you actually didn't like small plot details and you thought that Yoda scene was weird, okay, I can understand that. Yeah, that's fine. I thought it was weird at first, too. I mean, and the plot is different from a regular Star Wars movie. So if you like the more classic Star Wars and stuff, fine, whatever. Yeah. I mean, personally, I love Last Jedi, so that's fine. Yep. All right. So that about wraps up our podcast for this week. Um, if you want to send us a question or a comment, you can reach us at infiniteearthspod at gmail.com, all lowercase, one word. We'll put it in our description. Or on our Twitter at podcast underscore on underscore IE. Okay. Uh, so tune in for our next episode, and be sure to follow us on Twitter for updates on our podcast. And definitely send us some comments. We'd love to hear them. Cool.